0: did start to paint a bit of a sympathetic angle Mm -hmm. to this um i don't remember his name Jewel's boyfriend uh so i was like whereas i didn't like him at all like and he's i I didn't like his face in general i just didn't he was
1: i wrote that he was weird yeah i wrote specifically i mean he he wrote. He rubbed me the same way that he <laughs> rubbed you, and that is, uh, his name's Tyler. And I oh, wrote down you. Jules calming down enough to flirt with Tyler in a bar after they accidentally killed that guy. He's creepy. Sorry. Do you know what uncancelled means? <laughs> Have you ever thought about what happened to those TV shows that were advertised every single week until their plug was ultimately pulled? Well, we have. Welcome to the show that's bringing Dead TV back from the grave. We review pilot and finale episodes of television series that disappeared as quickly as they debuted. Maybe we will like the show enough to want to bring life back into its corpse, or maybe it's better left dead. Will we leave it in the trash, or will we give it a second pass? Either way, this is uncancelled. Giving Trash TV the chance it never deserved. Now they're all gone, cancelled on a note, but another gotta pay, and cancelled.
0: Quick pause for station identification. Not satisfied? Head on over to
1: Uncancelled on
0: Patreon. For prices as low as $2.99 a month, you'll get early access to each and every episode this season, as well as outtakes
1: and bonus content. That's patreon.com slash uncanceled. Uncanceled. Ain't no more gonna do.
0: And now back to your regularly scheduled program. And it's another episode of Uncancelled, the series where we watch and review the first and last episode of the 30 best TV shows that only lasted one season of the last 20 years. I think the title on the um, article is probably better than that. I probably butchered that somehow, but. Today's episode is about the MTV series Sweet Vicious that ran in 2016. It's a series that goes hellbent on bringing justice to those who get away with abuse on their college campus. Jules and Ophelia take on double lives as wannabe vigilantes. So yeah, it's basically two college girls who team up to take down sexual predators on their college campus. And joining me today is, well, why don't you introduce yourself?
1: Hi, I am Lindsay. I am a writer, a former comedian, and now just basically a mom that lives in Mississippi.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, a mom is a full-time job from what I understand. (laughs) Being my mom is a full-time job. So (laughs) I doubt it's any different for anyone else. Just Jumping right into it, the character, I thought Jules and Ophelia, I thought that was good casting. Uh I thought Harris was good. I enjoyed the Harris character mm-hmm. and the security guard. And then I didn't really like anybody else. I thought all the love interests. I thought Harris love interests that that girl was there's something weird about her. And then the two um, guys who were the love interests of Ophelia and Jules were like, MTV does this thing where they cast weirdly vibed looking people. I don't know. They was like, to me, they looked old, like too old. I don't know if you got that.
1: I think that's true for every MTV show. But um, I actually liked the casting of the show because I thought that, you know, the the right characters that were supposed to be, you know, predators were supposed to be smarmy were well casted and then your anti-heroes all of them were superbly casted I really enjoyed as soon as I saw Brandon Michael Smith come on as um Harris I was like oh my gosh maybe this is going to be a great show because he's Sam and you're the worst which I love that show and he's such like a hidden jewel in the cast of that show it's another show that's superbly casted I don't think the cast is the problem here.
0: <laughs> okay, fair enough. I had a bit of a problem. I felt there was a. I had a bit of an issue with some of them, but yeah, you are right. uh The people who were supposed to be creepy definitely were creepy, and the yeah, the two anti-hero leads, I thought they were good. Anything else before we jump right into it?
1: Um, I. I off the top? It's. It's hard to say, you know, watching the first and the last, you you miss a lot of character development in the middle. But I did like the way you, you mentioned the boyfriends and you weren't sure if they were casted very well. And because I missed the entire middle of it and just watched the first episode and the end episode, I thought that they were casted well in the respect that I really wasn't sure about either one of them. And okay. they... They gave off a very like weird vibe to me. And I was like, "Okay, is it going to be revealed that these guys are Predators too? Or they were in on it. So I thought it was effective casting in that respect that these guys you just weren't that sure about. Right.
0: Yeah, I definitely got that vibe. That's a very good point. I didn't look at it from that perspective. I suppose in in that sense, yeah, it was well it because i got the same vibe i wasn't sure how to feel about them uh especially Jewel's boyfriend love interest there or something <laughs> just briefly before it's getting a bit ahead but in the last episode they kind of gave him a bit of a sympathetic angle and so i started to kind of be like okay maybe yeah you know maybe he is taken for face value he is kind of mm-hmm. sensitive uh artist type but yeah there's something definitely strange about them
1: well this is a show that like it it definitely sets up early on that the enemy in the show is cis white guys right so the enemy is the frat guy he's the bro rogan and so anytime a white cis guy comes on screen you're kind of sus. you're like uh i'm not sure if you're cool Because the the show is very strongly driven by female characters and sidekicks.
0: Right. Yeah. That's a good point. I also wasn't too sure about um Jewel's best friend there, Kennedy, I think her name was. Yeah. I don't I
1: I don't remember all the names. There were so so many ridiculous um... names.
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think her name was Kennedy.
1: We're definitely talking about a millennial show. So um, that's that's definitely important to point out. The millennial generation is characterized by a heightened um, sense of, I think the boomer generations would call it like wokeness. And so you definitely saw that in the show. You definitely saw that reflected in the dialogue. You saw it reflected in the shirts, you know, Girls just yeah. casually wearing shirts that said "the future is female" and stuff like that. So that was a running theme throughout.
0: Yeah, that was that was apparent for sure. Yeah, there was a lot of strong themes, and that's not terribly uncommon with MTV shows and these type of young adult uh, teen dramas. There's a lot of strong apparent themes. They make it very blatantly obvious. So you, yeah, they spell it out for. Anybody who <laughs> didn't already know, couldn't already pick up on the themes. They spell it out right. very well. Episode one. First episode. Is the blueprint. Mm-hmm. Ophelia has a chance encounter with Jules and develops an unlikely relationship. Jules meets Tyler until their connection becomes more complicated. This rating is a 7.9 out of 10. First of all, what would you give it?
1: <laughs> um, probably a four.
0: Out of ten?
1: Yeah. Not yeah. Really
0: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: that's rather, that's 40%. That's not even, that wouldn't even be a thumbs up. That wouldn't even be like a side thumb. That That's a thumbs down, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely. your
0: rating system is different but yeah what did you so you didn't like it then
1: uh right off the bat it would it just now now i will say this um uh, there's so many few television shows that really get their footing early as a matter of fact i can only think of a few like breaking bad caught me with the first episode uh ozark caught me with the first episode uh you're the worst caught me with the first episode um pen 15 um letterkenny <laughs> like there's there's uh-huh. there's shows that catch you with the first episode and do a really good job of establishing the canon the universe the the atmosphere, everything, but from the go, and I don't know, maybe this is, maybe this was a a tongue in cheek, maybe I'm missing a satirical part of this, but this show just from the get go, just zero to 60 was just trying way too hard, way too hard. Um, It just, some of the notes I have, the artsy camera angles are annoying everything was like she's upside down and now we have the point of view from the microwave and now this angle like everything just reeked of you know this is my first film after film school <laughs> like um i'm making a film on my iphone and i have to get every interesting angle so that right away was just uh I I it was dizzying to say the very least, and then you know you're just really introduced to a lot of stereotypes and um uh tropes, you know that yeah. you see in in media over and over again. So I noticed that right away.
0: This was very typical of like anything off MTV off the past fifteen years or so. This was kind of typical, but that said, mm-hmm. I. I didn't rate it that lowly. I gave it about a, a six and a half, seven. You're you're
1: uh, incredibly nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I it caught me at the right time. There is certainly a try hard thing, absolutely, but uh, the, <laughs> I don't know. I guess maybe the vomit scene really elevated that. I found that really funny. Uh, Yeah,
1: I I hate. um, There's so many few. There's so few things in media that really portray vomiting accurately, you know, and it's always just that. And it's just that one spurt and it just like sloppily falls out of the mouth. And that's so inaccurate for vomit. And I hate to be the girl that's going to defend vomit. But you need you need a, a spew. You need. You need something yeah, rigged projectile. to the side of of the hands. You need very much so that, yeah, I hate to reference um, Team America. What, what's it called? Team America
0: um, World Police. Yeah.
1: Just, they did vomiting right, you know? I mean, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, they did have the advantage of, what were those, puppets?
1: Yeah, I they think? did have the advantage of puppetry. But still, it's like, man, oof. It's it's I, I I need to see more of a of an actual projectile when it comes to vomit, especially especially like a nervous, unexpected vomit.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's fair enough. Yeah.
1: But, but now did, that you brought, you brought it up, I thought that her trait being a nervous vomiter did not fit the character they introduced us to. They introduced us to, you know, Ophelia the badass, right? She is, she had her perfect green hair, her perfect wig. You know what I'm saying? With that side part that did not fit her generation. Um, she looks like a, a soccer mom with green hair with that perfect quaff to the side. It never <laughs> moved either episode. No, and they established her as this, this rebel, right? This rebel hacker this tech savvy chick, and she has they established early on, Ophelia has seen some shit, and then she's gonna vomit nervously. Like, I mean, I realize she it's because of a dead body is is why she, you know, initially yarks, but it just doesn't really fit her character. And I guess maybe if it was done in more of a comical life of Brian kind of way, it would have hit different. Uh-huh. But um, it just seemed out of place for her personality.
0: That's fair enough. Yeah, I, I can see that. She I kind of thought it was... I didn't expect it, and so it kind of caught me in unexpected humor. Uh, yeah,
1: I can uh, see that. Yeah,
0: she uh, Yeah, she's got a sort... I mean, she's kind of the techie, sort of irreverent, nonchalant type that you know kind of there for a good time not a long time type of thing versus Jules who is I don't know I couldn't get a good read on on Jules I guess she's more of like like she has friends but she's kind of introverted
1: well, I mean we we get that established about Jules like she she's this like really um yeah like no you guys oh my gosh this very like mousy um wholesome girl and then they transition her you know we find out pretty fast that she's the the vigilante yeah. and you know they establish Ophelia in the first episode as this rebel badass this rebel hacker right and establish establish just how incredible she is really early on only to have Jules come in and just you know slam her up against that wall as if to say like you thought that chick was a badass (laughs) this chick's a badass because she's cornering the badass but then and i love the switch from that really sweet character into that Don't you do, don't you say a word. Okay, you know, to that very tough character. But then when, when they, you know, when the accidental, you know, death happens, they, She immediately, she immediately switches back to this character. And I didn't see that same tough character come back in the first or the last episode, the same way that she was in that first alley exchange with Ophelia, which was really confusing. I thought she was going to have definitely like a Jekyll and Hyde side to her personality, like the sweet juxtaposition with that really tough, you know, Fallsy character exactly but that was really lost and i don't know if there was more of that in between but it was definitely lost in translation from the first to the end and it uh she we it was super frustrating to me to never ever find out where all her special skills came from she hinted like i know things like i know things that regular people don't and it's like
0: uh okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and she. Well, I was. I suppose that's another. That's a scene I forgot about is where, she pushes Ophelia down the stairs after Ophelia shows up at her house mm-hmm. at the house party that she's having mm-hmm. after. Uh, Ophelia, obviously, figures out through her special skill set that jewels. Well, she traces the. I guess the necklace she found. The necklace, back yeah. To, back to Jules. And she then, knew
1: that whoever was attacked, um, because that dude had a necklace in the alleyway, or maybe yeah. that was Jules retrieving the necklace, so she knew whoever had gotten assaulted, whoever was there, was trying to get that necklace back. So she came in and was like, hey, I found this outside. Like, who lost it? And they were all like, oh, Jules lost her necklace. And then it was like, boom. It was just, it yeah, almost seemed it was, too uh, easy. Yeah,
0: there was a little bit of that. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, her getting like t- she got thrown down the stairs and did two backwards somersaults and then she right. just kind of got up and was like, what the hell? Right. <laughs> it's like, uh, I think you'd maybe have a at least a bit of a concussion or something, right. you know, like she mm-hmm. kind of jumped up like nothing happened.
1: Right. And there was, there was a lot of that suspension of disbelief where it was like paused and then it was unpaused several times. Like the first time that we see Jules fighting, um, that guy that she fought, I forget which guy was the first one. And he was like, "Uh," he made this like "Uh," noise. And I (laughs) laughed out loud. I was like, that's (laughs) ridiculous. Like, I think this would have been a superb su- satirical series. I think that if they really would have pushed the envelope on more of the the delivery of dialogue, on more of the stereotypes and generalizations, and just really tried to make it like, I'm trying to think of something comparable. Gosh, um, something serious that wasn't serious. Um More like best in show where they all were being very serious, but it was extremely funny because it was very obvious the characters were taking themselves too seriously. It was very obvious that things were over the top, yet the characters for sure were all playing, quote unquote, the straight man, the person that doesn't deliver a zinger or a joke. They just present themselves as is and just kind of like you know become like this balance for the scene against something wildly hilarious intentionally hilarious so if they all were like very serious but extremely over the top what's the new netflix show with Kristen? um what is it the the woman in the window across from the girl and the the she plays sure. it uh, it's a hold on Oh uh, well now it's gonna bother me so the yeah, women hilarious. in the movie
0: uh well, you do that.
1: It's yeah, the I'd... woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window.
0: The woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of, like more of a a, a parody, more of, you know like what I mean?
0: A parody, yeah.
1: Right, exactly.
0: It does. Oh, that's a very long title. They got away with that. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, you touched on Ophelia being this badass and then she kind of gets you know tossed to the side but mm-hmm. I don't know I kind of got that sense that it was this girl who like kind of acts cool and she's like more of a she's not necessarily well at least in the first episode she's not a phys- so much of a physical threat as she mm-hmm. more uses her kind of tactics and strategy right and her, her tech background to kind of mm-hmm. Uh, more trap people. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, kind of like Batman, sort of. He kind of entraps people, even though he is more of a physical threat than <laughs> Ophelia for sure. But he kind of uses a detective style, and then there's this, uh, and then she doesn't quite have the whole package of uh, physical threat, at least not yet. So Jewel's kind of doesn't hesitate and. And she snatches her and, and throws her against the wall and, and then uh yeah, that kinda is like, okay, this girl is not is if she doesn't have the sort of pre-planned on what she's gonna do, she could definitely get get her ass kicked for sure. Whereas Jules is more of like a physical, like this girl knows shit, but then it does fall into the MTV the teeny drama romance Mm -hmm. she stops being kind of a badass and they they there's a bit of their luster i definitely think towards the end
1: well Um, we miss like you know the these characters start uh knowing and certain things and being you know these sort of very one-dimensional stereotypes of you know characters in shows like this we've got the badass the jock you know, the the bookworms, the stoners. We, it's very much driven in that dazed and confused, clueless, like all those, you know, Fast Times at Richmond High. All of those common school slash college stereotypes are there. And But we did lose, I feel like in between, we may have, at least I hope there was a montage of, you know, Jules teaching... <laughs>
0: yeah like a karate kid side right
1: you know with maybe work with rihanna and drake (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to think of like 2016 songs but i guess we missed that part Um,
0: katie perry i don't know
1: i don't know i don't know something like that but um it's i I did love the um the little bit of a throwback that sleigh bells uh music for the opening I think that was oh, infinity yeah. guitars which Slaybells bells is a is a great band so I I loved that that gave me some promise like I said Harris gave me some some hope but every main character in the show seemed to be like the imaginary badass every kid imagines themselves as and like sits in front of the mirror really practicing hard to be if that makes sense
0: yeah, it does make sense. Yeah, definitely relatable. Definitely relatable, absolutely. I thought it was decent overall for what it was. Actually, one last thing is, at the end there, where you find out that Jewel's boyfriend, or I guess not yet, boyfriend, love interest, uh, is the... Well, I guess you don't find out he's the brother. I guess, suppose you find that out in the final episode. But anyways, you find out he's the brother of the uh, baseball player who's got like three sexual assault charges against him or abuse Well, we charges. find
1: out at the end of the first episode that there's a connection because yeah. she goes to give him his number and the dude's picture is on his lock screen. And you're like, holy like how are they connected and so that's when we pick up with the last episode and find out more information on that but the last the you know the end of the first episode it was like you know that was your that was your big freeze that holy crap you mean they're they're gonna establish another you know uh frat cis white dude as a bad guy no <laughs> <what> <laughs>
0: yeah, more men are evil type of thing, yeah
1: um i uh
0: I wasn't sure if she was gonna give him i I got the sense she would give him like uh uh the wrong number.
1: I kind of did too because the thing that sat, sat really weird with me is like, hey, we just killed this guy first of all, um, like we just accidentally killed this guy. You know what yeah. it's time for. A wicked sing along in the car. That's logical. Like, I just don't (laughs) see that happening. And then, you know, going into this whole flirty thing, it's just like, really? So, we've established that you are a victim of sexual assault and you have been so traumatized by this that you have risen to a vigilante status, gone off and learned you know, Kung Fu somewhere or karate or whatever it is that she's doing to the point that she can take down um, college athletes by herself. And
0: yeah. And she's good with knives.
1: Yeah. And, and we're going to also say in the same breath that after this accidental death, they she's going that's going to be the time where she's like you know what he's a nice guy I'm going to give him a chance
0: like, <laughs> yeah it was a little bit far fetched for sure absolutely yeah I didn't know what the heck was going on there I was like okay this is they're going to like have to kill this guy then <laughs> I thought there was going to be a whole slew of murders at that point I was like okay right.
1: now,
0: now you got to kill this guy and then try to cover it up in the and And what did they do with the other guy's body and,
1: right and
0: what did they 'cause they weren't going to the police, they established that, so yeah, it's like, what are you gonna do, and why is this guy this guy's gonna find out his brother's missing, yeah, spoiler alert, it's his brother, so I guess you don't exactly <laughs> find that out in the first episode, but it's not right. It's not a huge reveal. You might as well just jump ahead into the uh the final episode okay hold
1: on hold on hold on i gotta i gotta cover i always have more but i'm gonna like zip through it really fast my biggest problem with the first episode is um my same problem with the last episode and that the writing is atrocious the dialogue is atrocious and what stood out to me most um and i verified this i didn't i didn't do any kind of reading on the show, any kind of research on the show, other than let me look at the general plot to see if this is, you know, a show I would like to do on the podcast. That's it. Um, and I genuinely thought I was like, Oh, this sounds like, you know, a cool show. I'll do this one. And, um, the writing was so awful and it was so obvious to me that this was written by old white dudes and I was like, I am willing to sell my kidney on the black market if I am incorrect. Like, I just knew that because all of the references were just so dated. Um, and the, the like, Ophelia ass clown calling something tight, shit balls, uh, that type of thing seemed really out of place, uh, especially for her. It was dumb dialogue. Uh, and then the, the, what the balls, like I cackled what the balls, it's just, <laughs> it's, it wasn't, it wasn't, um, it did not track for cool girl dialogue at all to me. Um, there, and there was lots of effort in casual dialogue and t-shirts to show how everyone woke was. And I used the word woke because in older generations, that's kind of how, people view millennials, right? Like people view millennials as hyper woke, but the wokeness in the millennials was very casual. It was on t-shirts. You know, we hear some dialogue about Harris arguing about how hot Ruth Bader Ginsburg was like, just Mm -hmm. very, very um, stereo, just stereotypes of wokeness, very surface level wokeness. And um, I thought that was, really bizarre when juxtapositioned with a lot of the casual misogyny in the dialogue, uh, lots of stupid bitch, crazy bitch, um, psycho bitch, uh, who does this bitch think she is? And so in establishing this uh, vein of wokeness for these kids, but then also all the men around them just casually using the word bitch and they're all okay with it. I would um, punch somebody in the face if they casually use the word bitch at me. And I did not, (laughs) and I didn't know them well and and wasn't in on the joke, but that really uh, stood out to me. And hold on. Let's see. I said that the sing along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bitch is used pejoratively by men. It sounds weird. Uh, and when Ophelia said it, Robin's a bitch. That just sounded not like that would come out of that character's mouth. So it made me think that this was written by older men. Um on what they thought millennials would be like. And then I went and researched the writers, uh, the writers for this episode and the last episode would be Tom K. Mason and, um, where's is Dan Danko, uh, which it, they appear to be uh, guys that have written together since the beginning. They, like their first credits on IMDB are the same from 1993. So assuming that they did said credit at the age of 18, then that would put their date of birth around, I'd say anywhere between like 72 to 75, which really tracks for (laughs) for what I was reading, that this was written by older people that were really out of touch, you know, and you see that a lot in Ophelia's references, right? She's referencing Weekend at Bernie. She's referencing Charlie's Angels. She's referencing all kinds of things that really seem out of character for somebody that is 18 to 22 in 2016, which would make them 27 now. I don't think that they would. Now I'm not saying they wouldn't know any of those references because lots of people, especially more of the geek hacker type, if you will, is probably more well-versed in references, but that's all her references. That's the only references we hear her make are old references. And for a character that we're supposed to believe is this cutting-edge hacker type, like, she's seriously not going to make any references to uh, modern music or modern media? That just didn't track for me.
0: I don't know. I got the vibe that she just... Belonged to another generation And she didn't She was kind of She had the dyed hair And and kind of did her own thing And Mm -hmm. that she didn't fit in with Like she was She was a part of Obviously she's The age Like the same age as everyone around her And she's a part of Of you know that culture But I also got the sense Like she was didn't want to be necessarily in that she, she did know more and she felt like an air of superiority Mm -hmm. sort of. Yeah. There's another, um, I think it was 10 things I hate about you, which is another series on here where the, the lead character was kind of similar in the sense that she was like the one who stuck out and she just had all these Kind of there was something different about her. Like she wasn't she had mm-hmm. all these references and everyone else was kind of a cardboard cutout type of deal. hmm Uh I definitely got that vibe from Ophelia. Like she was like they were trying to make her different. I mean, they they
1: did different. from the word go, they established Ophelia with her name, right? A very yeah. old soul type name. So I do see some effort with that. I agree with you on that. Uh I do think that. MTV has kind of lost its footing with shows like this in the, in the past we see what are the groundbreaking shows and what are, what are the shows in MTV's history that have really established a voice of a generation? We have yeah. Daria, we have Beavis and Butthead, and Butthead right? The Ren and Stimpy. We have shows like that that really had Mavericks at the time that were young, yeah. That did not have canvases yet and were really just given these crazy budgets and allowed to make these incredible shows. And this show could have been that. I really think so if it did not have such old writers and producers at the helm. I think that if MTV wants a fresh voice, then they need more fresh voices producing shows like this and writing shows like this. I did notice that some of the um, <clears throat> episodes in the middle had some writers, uh, there were some female writers and I, I did not do any research about them. So I wonder if, you know, the series was purposefully bookended by these guys that were considered, you know, um, uh, sure things or, you know, they're very established in the genre. And then they kind of let other people have the, you know, reins in the middle part of the show.
0: Um, yeah, I'm looking at the writers right now. Uh, they're the same. They're both female. Um, the director of the first episode, there's two directors. Yeah. Joseph Kahn is, and
1: Rebecca Thomas.
0: Yeah. Joseph Thomas, or I mean, Joseph Thomas, that's a combination of both. <laughs> Joseph Kahn is, uh, October 12th, 1972. Yeah.
1: So that's um, an older so. voice. Rebecca Thomas
0: she's you know i don't have a date of birth on her but she the, it only goes back as far as she's
1: 37 she's 37 so she is she is a little bit of a younger voice but still we're we're not at all getting the same younger uh voices that we used to from MTV. And I think that that's probably part of the problem. MTV and its genesis was just absolutely... dominated by these you know mavericks these younger voices i mean back in the day the dinosaur on mtv was kurt loader and he wasn't even you know he he was like the single person that they had to kind of establish some credibility news wise and they stuck him they stuck him on news they're like kurt loader you have to do news like you can't do anything but news (laughs) you know because they knew like it it almost comes came off like kurt loader was your cool uncle that had right. the badass vinyl collection that always introduced you to cool music first. That's the the vibe Kurt Loader gave off. And you trusted right. what he said. He was like our Mike Wallace, you know, <laughs> or okay, Tom yeah, Rokoff.
0: Yeah. yeah. The voice of uh... reason. <clears throat> reason. Yeah. The voice of reason. Yeah. Uh, well, anything else before we. No, that's the first the-
1: episode. That's all I got on the first episode. <laughs>
0: all right uh the last episode is called pure harrowing last episode after the verdict is overturned and tyler is arrested Jules and ophelia learn that injustice has impacted their entire campus this has an eight and a half out of ten from 72 people
1: oh my god who were those 72 people and did they work for mtv Or slash were they paid by MTV? It's a
0: possibility. I'm looking for a review. Uh, There aren't any. so I could probably find one on the whole show itself. But yeah, Pure Heroin. Uh, I don't remember the uh, arrest or anything like that. I guess maybe that was the episode before. And they're saying... After he's been arrested, but I didn't even I guess I, I, I they did do a bit of a summary in the mm-hmm. beginning, but I, I didn't see where anyone got arrested. Did you catch that?
1: No, I, he had like the tribunal and then it was kind of like very fast. It, he had the tribunal and then they were like, blah, blah, blah. And something happened. And They're like, I'm sorry, Jules. We're not going to be able to do anything about this. Um, And then the next time that we see kind of him taken away was, you know, Revenge of the Nerds style when they were having the big pep rally and the guys on, you know, it was very, it was like just almost completely lifted from Revenge of the Nerds and Jawbreaker. Just marry those two. That's the end of the first episode.
0: Revenge of the Nerds and Jawbreaker. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I get the i don't know if i've seen jawbreaker i don't know if i get that reference i highly Imagine recommend the it yes uh jawbreaker i'm gonna make a note of that
1: rose mcgowan um, peak rose mcgowan
0: peak, peak rose mcgowan yeah okay.
1: everybody thinks peak rose mcgowan is you know scream it's not it's jawbreaker
0: jawbreaker mm-hmm. okay right on this last episode uh I guess more of the same of what you were complaining about, though. For me, this was more evident in this one. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of then they they poured on the soapy, soppy, teenage, lovey, dovey MTV uh, stuff that they do.
1: <laughs> this <laughs> episode was cringier than a reunion episode of Teen Mom.
0: <laughs> absolutely. This was this was the top just top level cringe and um yeah really what what you would expect from MTV of the time and probably still today i don't think anything's changed if anything it's gotten worse and there's more reality shows and even yeah. worse worse just more derivative the soap opera teeny stuff Though I will say that uh, most of the girls I went to high school with love these types of things.
1: So I love these types of things. I really, genuinely do. I am a fan of bad TV. Um, I am a fan of... Uh, satire I'm a fan of parody and I'm a fan of ridiculous shows but it's they've just got to be in on the joke you know what I mean and I just don't yeah. necessarily think they meant this in that way I think they presented this in a serious vein and number one that was their biggest mistake and the number two would be it's just poorly written poorly written and that's uh, being somebody who who writes, that's often something that stands out to me more than the average person and I don't say that on a soapbox pedestal type way i say it in the kind of vein like <clears throat> say you're a cop and you're trying to watch law and order or like you're a lawyer trying to work, watch law and order it's like you kind of know how the machine you you kind of know how the machine works and then you know how the gears turn but when it comes to that in real life like watching it on a show you're like "Mm, sorry dna doesn't come back that fast no sorry that's not how miranda rights work like it's really hard to with your suspicion suspension of disbelief to get into that and maybe maybe that's part of the problem here i'll fully admit that
0: yeah that may absolutely be true uh i've certainly written some like i'm a writer myself but i don't i this is just I knew going in that it was going to be you know, just knowing it's MTV and mm-hmm. knowing it's you know, twenty sixteen, whatever the past you know, anything that's past ten, fifteen years, there was MTV or mm-hmm. like CW, those types of of those types of shows you there's an air of I think yeah they, they they're kind of failed satire i mean i did i did definitely think that there was funny parts and uh, like I, I i mean i was more of a supporter of the vomit and stuff like that in the first episode um the last episode i don't really remember anything being all that funny it was mostly cringe
1: Oh, there was a lot of unintentionally funny. Now, are we gonna go through like the questionnaire thing at the end? Or do oh, you yeah. want okay, okay. Oh yeah. Cause I don't wanna like give up all my notes, you know, before we do that.
0: <laughs> oh no. We'll we'll get to that. Yeah. Um yeah, just a general I uh, yeah, I don't have too much to say about this with without getting into the uh the better episode and and the best scene and worst scene
1: can I just say that the um, the thing about it being older writers and older people working on this show was never more clearly uh, uh, shown than in the scene where Nate has all the Polaroid pictures taken of himself and then somebody's written sweet dreams on the wall and they did it in cursive like come uh, on Millennials don't do cursive in school. That stood out to me like a sore thumb.
0: Yeah, when did that stop? I don't know when...
1: Hold on, let me... I I gotta quick Google that because now I'm really curious. I did
0: cursive and I graduated high school in 2011. But I think it was done before I graduated.
1: So, um, under the 2010 guidelines in the Common Core State Standards, that's when it stopped. So... This was 2016, so uh, I guess it's I guess it's viable that they would still know cursive, but that stood out to me. I was just like, "Hmm, yeah, that was, well, that was a choice. That was a choice." And I mean, if you were meaning this for a younger audience in general, I don't know why you would pick cursive. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, you would have people going like, "Sweet." Oh sweet dreams. Like I would think you would want that to be like sweet dreams in big block letters dripping down, you know? <laughs>
0: like yeah. Sweet yeah.
1: Dreams written in like a shaky wine mom font.
0: Yeah, I can see what you mean. I think they were going for some sort of like italicized sarcasm.
1: And can I say, just for the record, it's totally okay if you liked this more than me, this show. I think that that is um, so important to show just the difference differences in opinion and differences on how things land with different people. And I think that is maybe the point of, you know, a list like the the one that you've based this on is that because things do land so differently with people. I remember for a long time, like people wanting me to watch Firefly, which is a great show, but the casting just didn't land right for me. And people would be like, what are you talking about? The castings is phenomenal. And I'm like, there's like two people I want to watch on that show. And I just can't stand the rest.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. I certainly liked the, the, the first episode more than you, but this one, I don't have a lot of, um, positive things to say Mm -hmm. it was um, I mean yeah it was good when they both become kind of badasses at this point Mm -hmm. Jules has trained Ophelia and we have a scene where they're both kicking ass
1: yeah they take down like a room of college athletes again I say shenanigans better episode overall
0: better episode
1: That's, um. God, that's hard.
0: I said the pilot. I thought the pilot had fun moments. I mean, the alley sequence, mm-hmm. and there was the chase mm-hmm. before that. You know, see, I thought the chase was, was
1: just oh ridiculous. Yeah, um,
0: I always love a good chase. I think chases are ridiculous in general. So I, I thought you know, I took it with a grain of salt. was Yeah. And like, oh, okay, whatever.
1: If they Now, if they would have played yackety sax over that chase scene, all in, all in. But it it had a very yackety sax feel to it, and it was supposed to be serious. It was supposed to be serious. That was my problem with it. Oh, look at this. These people holding hands in the very middle of the frame. I wonder if she's going to burst through their arms. You know, just very obvious things. You know, I'm going to throw a chair in your path and, you know. I could go this way, which is completely unencumbered, or I could just, you know, burst through this couple. It's like, let me burst through this couple Red Rover style. That won't slow me down.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I kind of got that. To me, that was like kind of her character, too, though. Like I thought she was kind of a dit, ditzy dorky kind of. Like she was aloof. Uh, I don't know what the kind of like a sober drunk sort of. She. She just wasn't so nonchalant and like irreverent. right. Okay, but I can
1: see like, that part. Part hacker, part shaggy. Okay, yeah,
0: yeah. I just saw it like she was like, oh god, I have to run. Oh god, right. all these okay. people.
1: That's a good point. I can see that. Yeah,
0: I was like, she was like, yeah, she didn't want to go around. Like she was just barreling through because she's kind of right. obnoxious like that.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: like an irreverence. I, I guess, yeah, a like yes, yeah, a little
1: bumbling. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I hadn't thought,
1: thought of it that way. See, now you're making me think of things in a different perspective.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you did that for the last hour, so I guess it's my I'm shot.
1: sorry! I'm sorry! Uh,
0: no! No! <laughs> yeah, you made, you kind of, like, yeah, I have a whole different, yeah, I guess. <clears throat> yeah, we saw this through different lenses, but I do agree on, on so, uh, a lot of things you bring up, and Yeah, for for me, the the pilot I mean, the the last episode was like, that's enough talking about it. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The pilot was, it had fun moments. I mean, yeah, and then there was the alley sequence and it was like you're introduced to this badass who Mm -hmm. I mean, eventually ends up like this sweet girl. Right. But I mean, which I I understand sweet vicious
1: Mm -hmm. yeah
0: Yeah. makes sense but they could have done a better job there
1: yeah Uh, i would have loved to have seen more of that jekyll hyde juxtaposition more sweet 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 and more vicious 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 you know but maybe again maybe we got more of that in the middle if i had to vote for one over the other i'd probably say i like the pilot better just because I thought by the end that the series should have better footing than it did. And the writing should have been more ironed out than it was.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, well, I am going to say that I think the writing is, yeah, I don't know where, whether I didn't look too much into it. Uh, You bring it up and I looked at the writers and they don't have a track record of, really anything uh so it's not like they just hire the same writer for all these shows but it kind of almost seems like they do they have a sort of formula well they do have it they do have a staff writer so it could absolutely be this staff writer or they have they have a series of staff writers who have this formula and they just go here write a show based off this well all these things
1: the two writers Dan Danko and Tom uh what's his name let me go back up at the top and Tom Mason uh they share a ton of credits and it it looks like it's all really male-driven it's it's all their best successes their biggest successes are very male-driven shows um, not a lot of female voices there, so it does seem bizarre uh at best for that to be their choice to give the voice to so many female characters. I would have loved to have seen this show driven by female writers since it is a show driven by you know this these female vigilantes uh this cause for um women and this systemic problem that exists in uh or has existed for a long time in sorority and fraternity culture, you know.
0: Yeah, it has. Yeah. They could have, yeah, they definitely had a lot to work with here and they glossed over um what they should have set out to do with this. They kind of glossed over it in favor of the targeting the targeted audience targeting the targeted audience that's sounds weird but makes sense if you know what i mean yeah uh yeah the the uh, i will say the the finale it did start like i said earlier it did start to paint a bit of a sympathetic angle mm-hmm. to this um i don't remember his name jewel's boyfriend. Uh, so I was like whereas i didn't like him at all <laughs> and he i didn't like his face in general i just didn't he was
1: i like wrote said, that, he was
0: weird yeah
1: I wrote specifically i mean he he wrote he rubbed me the same way that he rubbed you, and that is uh his name's Tyler, and I okay. wrote down. Jules calming down enough to flirt with Tyler in a bar after they accidentally killed that guy. He's creepy. Sorry. Yeah. He is
0: creepy. He's just- I thought he
1: was creepy. And is- again, that could have been intentional in the casting as is to make us, uh, I, I can very much argue that that casting could have been intentional to give all viewers the same feeling as women do which is can I trust this guy is he going to hurt me right cuz we're t- we're talking about a serious show about sexual assault here yeah, so if they didn't cool. include that that would seem re- like a really big plot hole so yeah. i'm going to go ahead and say that they did that intentionally and put it as a positive Because I wrote it down as a positive for the series, uh, which um, I just didn't think that, I uh, I didn't think that that belonged in the first episode. I thought she should have been more suspicious of him.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially when she finds out at the end there at the bar. Like we already talked about that it's his brother. Mm -hmm. Like. I guess it's his stepbrother. Right, right. right. And then, yeah, and then we didn't touch on in the last episode where he's supposed to meet Jules at a diner or whatever, and that girl comes up to him and it's like, tell your stepbrother to come home and face the consequences. Right. And it's like, yeah, that was more to kind of, which that was kind of, I mean.
1: The stepbrother thing was intentional because if they would have written them as actual brothers, then... You know that relationship probably wouldn't have carried over. I don't think he would have been as easily um, forgiving as for, of her. And then, you know, although I will say, if they were actual real brothers, that would have been a great plot point for season two, like a division in his family. You know, yeah. And then us wondering, like, is he like his brother? yeah exactly psychopathy like isn't it like genetic or at least making user uh, not users um viewers wonder that you know
0: yeah they needed to establish that more or if that's what they were going for because i either wanted someone who was less weird or creepy or, or just had a better vibe a more friendly vibe vibrant
1: I love creepy uh, now don't get me wrong I love a creepy dude creepy is my algorithm I love creepy but in a great, story about girl. sexual assault I was like girl uh uh-uh. yeah. I was like danger will Robinson danger and there's a dated reference for you that shows my age <laughs> I do not know that <laughs> reference but I know you shouldn't it's okay sure uh yeah
0: he should have yeah they they should have either done something like what you mentioned or just got a different person or she should have been more hesitant there's two the the juxtapositions weren't justified well right to Mm -hmm. be those juxtapositions
1: and i wanted to see one of my really picky things in writing Um, and when I can tell writing is sloppy is that there are things that are done without intention okay and to point out somebody who's really bad at this in a good show that I enjoy for the record I love American Horror Story but Ryan Murphy is like the king of ADHD in his shows he writes so much unnecessary crap in his shows it doesn't drive the plot it doesn't It doesn't show up later. And in my humble opinion, I believe that in good writing, a small detail, an aside, something you see in the background, it should all be intentional. It should help further the plot, give us clues, even if you don't pick up on those clues, like the background of a computer screen or something that's casually sitting in the environment. Everything should be intentional to support the... Oh, what do I want to call it? What did we? What do they call it in film class? Maison Seine. <laughs> <laughs> to 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 really immerse you in the environment and tell you exactly what this universe is and what its canon is, what its atmosphere is. Right?
0: Yeah, yeah. They didn't do any of what you just said. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I guess we were hoping on something that this was not. <laughs>
1: Shall we do the questionnaire?
0: <laughs> the best scene.
1: Best scene.
0: I'm going with <laughs> I'm going with throw up. I love I love vomit. I love vomit scenes. I'm a sucker for vomit scenes. The first projectiles spit up, whatever. I just uh, and the, the way she hit she kills like it's such a like a it seemed like she tapped the back of his head and then all of a sudden it's like right eight inches in his skull or something
1: right but she so can fall downstairs awesome. and she's fine like michael yeah. myers like she's not michael myers she's ophelia like you yeah. can't accidentally kill someone with a light tap and then fall down the stairs and sit straight up like the undertaker and just keep mm-hmm. going Yeah,
0: (laughs) like i think you have fractured vertebrae
1: right or at least stunned at least really freaking stunned and be like oh like one of the things i love is when people like fall or get punched and they're like and you can tell they've gotten the breath knocked out of them that tracks that is so dead on for how that feels
0: yeah that is yeah that (laughs) that's a that's would probably be a, a worse scene uh but did you have a best scene did you?
1: Uh, i'm trying to think um you know i i hate to say this and i uh, i think maybe my best scene was completely unintentional by them i love the sleigh bells um opening the that music yeah, I, I love that yeah. song um and it kind of exploded into the scene it was like it it was everywhere all of a sudden, but it was cool not hearing that for a while, and then having you know hearing, I, th- I think it's is it Infinity Guitars or is it the I can't think of the name of the song. Um, but sleigh bells were kind of all around at that point, and they kind of became the voice of the edgy female driven um, film or TV show. But uh, so I loved I loved hearing sleigh bells and. Besides that, I can't, um, uh, I'm struggling to think. I, I love the scene where where we were introduced to Harris. Like, as soon as he walked in, I was like, yeah, Sam! Like, I immediately was like, <laughs> Sam! You know, uh, the guy that plays him, Brandon, he has a three. three yeah,
0: he has a three names. Three names, Brandon. but his name's
1: Brandon, and I love him. Um, I think he is uh superb and you're the worst so i was really excited to see him so i'd say like the first scene that he enters uh was probably my favorite brandon
0: michael smith
1: brandon michael smith he sounds michael
0: like is spelled uh peculiarly not the regular type of spell yeah
1: yeah he's a great actor i really i i liked yeah, him I a lot him.
0: he has like a uh chris rock kind of vibe
1: uh, so I liked, yeah, I liked that scene. That was probably my best scene in the in the first one.
0: Worst scene.
1: Worst scene. Golly, um, this,
0: this uh, yeah, I mean, we have the staircase, obviously. Mm-hmm. That's getting out of the way right away. Um, mm, man, uh, for me, I I want to say when. Uh, they tried to set up that uh, that stakeout assault thing, and Ophelia acts drunk and gets in the back of the Uber mm-hmm. car with the president's uh, of the school's son or whatever he was. Uh, and then, anyways, anyways, that all goes to shit, and then she's she's back with Jules at her place, and then Jules leaves, and then Eric or whatever Ophelia's love interest name is mm-hmm. knocks on the door like within five seconds right and they make no mention of jewels right like did they not they had to like see each other going by or something
1: right. <laughs> like,
0: uh, the, 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 this just didn't happen okay so right. yeah like i mean i can put the like believability that okay it's entirely possible in real life that someone else mm-hmm. shows up at your door five seconds after someone leaves mm-hmm. that can happen but to make no mention of the person, like they didn't just leave and you showed up and she just got scared or assaulted. And, and I mm. guess she does cry later in the bed, but, but it was like, she was kind of fine. But she kind of switched. Yeah. There was, it's just, it didn't feel right. And was, There was a lot of nothing made sense there for me.
1: I, I thought that the worst scene was the opening scene, hands down. Um, from, it was just uh, generalizations and regurgitated um, scenes from previous movies. I can definitely, I, I the opening scene made, was the first scene that made me think that these were guys writing that were either my age or older than me, just because every 70s slasher horror film had a trellis in it. And they specifically put that trellis in there for her to crawl up. And uh, then she gets in the guy's room super easily. And he's, ah! You know, he just, (laughs) the noises he made. (laughs) And and I'm not making fun of, like, uh, him making that noise in general. It seemed dubbed. So I didn't like that. And then the ridiculous fight, how he didn't fight back at all. And it being extremely obvious that this was at best a very small framed man and he nowhere in his head was like, I could take him. But, you know, they were in a very intimate space and it was very obvious to me that it was a female character. Um, or, oh, at least, was, or at least or at least yeah. let me say female presenting with bone structure with the eyelashes with the size um, with the shape of the figure so very much a female presenting character and I don't want to say that as if uh, females can't uh, a female character or a female presenting character cannot be strong and cannot um, have those type of skills it just seemed bizarre that we were going to establish that, uh, Predators, actual predators don't know how to overpower people because that's the whole plot of the show are these guys overpowering girls, you know?
0: That's a very good point. Yeah, and you also consider that that in every other fight sequence we see there's a back and forth battle. Like, they do fight back.
1: Yeah.
0: And this didn't happen in the... Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, I can't argue that. To me, it was, I thought perhaps it was caught in towards the end or more in the middle, not mm-hmm. the beginning of the altercation. I, I don't know there, but I, I could have just not caught that it was at the beginning. or they, I assumed maybe he, he did fight back and then got right. the upper hand somehow.
1: Now, fair to mention in all of this is that we're watching all of these shows, um, or at least I'm watching this one. You're watching all these shows. I'm watching this show on guard, right? I have been given cues, things to look for, questions. And I don't think the average viewer is necessarily doing that, right? We're, We're watching entertainment to kick back, relax, have a good time. So in that respect, I do recognize that I am looking for things that the average viewer isn't.
0: Right? Yeah. But I think it's also uh, a good show or a good piece of entertainment will suck you in despite that. Like, I've been told to watch, like, you watch things in school, like I went to drama school, and it was like, okay, watch this and pay attention to what they do and this, and I've been like sucked in. And <laughs> they like, mm-hmm. they're like, okay, so did you notice what happened here? I'm like, yeah, that was hilarious. And they're like, but did you notice the way this person acted? And right, that 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 actor was like this, and they did this intention. I was like, no. <laughs> just I mean, I've definitely,
1: me I've definitely enjoyed shows that a lot of my peers in comedy just think are lazy. Like I am a big fan of The Office. And I have a lot of friends who just think it's garbage. They think the characters are garbage. They think the the characters are annoying. They think it's lazy comedic writing. And I'm just I'm just like whatever. I really, I really love the office. I think it's superbly casted and I think it's really it's a satire of office life. But I spent so much time in offices. I could see so much in the characters of people that I came across over so many office jobs
0: that's fair enough yeah there's there's shows like that where a good show will take you in and suck you in yeah and even if you are looking for there's been a couple shows on on this list that have just sucked me in where i I've had difficulty answering the questions just Based off like that, I was just so into it that I that I'd be discussing it, and the the guest would bring up something, and I would be like, "Whoa, what? Like, oh, I didn't think about that." Or right, that's happened on on you telling me stuff too. Where it's also me watching all of these. is like, oh, okay, here's another one.
1: Well, so many people watch things just purely for entertainment's sake, right? And they don't watch them with a critical eye. And I think that also speaks to where we are in society. The fact that, you know, people don't generally read past headlines. Uh, Scientific data supports that people generally get their news by scanning headlines, not reading them. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) So That kind of tracks for where we are entertainment-wise, too, that things would be a little vapid as well.
0: Yeah, face value, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Unintentionally hilarious thing.
1: Unintentionally hilarious, a.k.a. It's so funny I forgot to laugh.
0: You do have some stuff for that, I would
1: guess. Uh, So in the first episode, unintentionally hilarious would be Ophelia's hair. I really <laughs> thought that they tried so hard with that hair, and I yeah. it was just in the same style completely quaffed the whole time the same side part and I don't have any problem with her wearing a wig it would have been really cool if that wig could have come off and we would have seen like her real hair underneath and it would have made the character to me uh more genuine more real like the fact that this is the face that she wants people to see but You know, and she wants people to see this tough facade, this edgy facade. But when she's at home ripping, you know, bong hits, she takes off the wig and she's this different person. And I think that would have been cool if she was that way with Harris and kind of established that this is this person she trusts and she's 100 percent herself around. But instead, the wig was just there the whole time. And it was just I just could not stop looking at it. I was like, so we're really going to say from the first to the last episode that Ophelia never has roots, but we're never going to show her dying her hair. Okay. Um, semi-permanent hair fades quickly, especially green. And that was like the most vibrant, perfect green, which happens a lot in film and TV, but it's stupid. Yeah. It's it's something they could have really done intentionally and the, so i think the wig was unintentionally hilarious
0: it's <laughs> a quick aside uh we were talking about breaking bad and uh the actress uh, plays ophelia is in an episode of breaking bad yep well, i guess you knew that i
1: Well, there were several characters that I recognized from other things, and I did not go in. I purposefully did not go into uh, a rabbit hole because I was concerned I was going to, you know, stumble across other opinions, reviews, different things like that. And I didn't want that to really pepper how I talked about it. I wanted it to be about this show and not their other projects. But there were. There were three, three or four characters that have since gone on to other things, m- much more popular things. Harris being one of them. I, I recognized him right off. I didn't have to look him up. I yeah, knew exactly he looked, who he
0: was. He looked familiar to me. I can. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. I'm not familiar with uh, the showy reference that he's in, but he looked familiar. Absolutely. <sighs> I don't know about the rest of them. I'm sure I've seen them. I've definitely seen this girl in Breaking Bad. I didn't put that together. More unintentional hilarity?
1: You know, the unintentional hilarity, to me, I felt like they, the, the dialogue, hands down, you know, the shitballs, you know, type, <laughs> you know, and all of that, It it really reeked of older dudes writing dialogue for teenagers or for, you know, young, edgy kids. And so while I think that was supposed to be hilarious in the way that you're like, like hearing janky for the first time, but come on ass clown. Really? (sighs) Like it was just, um, there was some, some stuff like that, that it was just, I'm sure their usage of ass clown and bitch, all the variations of bitch were not supposed to be hilarious in the way that I laughed at them. So in that respect, I found that uh, unintentionally hilarious. Just the dialogue as a whole was just hilarious to me.
0: Yeah, it kind of scooped from like 80s or 90s movies. And
1: yeah, it, it, it. yes, it reeked of dudes that grew up watching things like Revenge of the Nerds and Porky's where people, you know, called guys... The P word and called guys, you know, the F word and and stuff like that was just casually dropped in movies back then. And yeah. of course, it was always done by antagonists that we didn't like. But it, but nonetheless, that language was very prevalent in the era of films that these guys would remember. And so in that respect, it tracked for the age of the writers. Would you watch the rest? No, no. I would love to be on the team that rewrote the show, rewrote the reboot. That would be, that. I think this show, the most disappointing part about this show is that it could have been amazing. It could have been. It could have been like a six, seven um, arc show and sweet vicious. Like who doesn't love a Cagney and Lacey plot? Who doesn't love like, You know, Thelma and Louise, like that, that those story arcs of two uh, women that band together to fight evil for a greater good. It's, you know, yeah, that's that's timeless as well. And it could have been so much better.
0: Yeah. And there's also the, the trope of reluctant team up two sides that have to reluctantly team up to take down a greater evil or or a mutual interest in revenge or whatever that's a honestly common thing. Yeah.
1: honestly um seriously considered uh trying to find dan danko or uh tom what's his face what is it tom mason trying to see if they're on social media and, um, tweeting them and being like, Hey, can I get your Venmo? Can I, so I can like, um, get my $4 back that I paid to watch (laughs) these two episodes. Cause we were facing this ice storm and everything. And so I was like, Oh, well, I want to make sure that I can watch this offline. I don't illegally download comment, but you know, streaming things is a gray area as far as like trying to find a stream of something. But I, Wanted to make sure that I could watch it no matter what. So I did purchase the episodes so that I could watch them offline if I needed to. Oh man. And I want my four dollars back. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just it four dollars is a very cheap price to pay for the amount of entertainment and unintentionally hilarious things. So I'm it kidding. Is. It is what <laughs> it is.
0: I had to uh for another series, like I paid for it and I was only going to get the two episodes. And it was on iTunes and iTunes glitched and I bought the wrong episode, so I had to end up buying three episodes instead of two. Oh
1: gosh. Just,
0: and I was like, This is silly. Like you, those things will glitch all the time and you don't it's not your fault if you, you go to click it and then it it's like you bought this episode and it's like, right. no, that's not <laughs> what you said. But, yeah, click number nine, and then it became number eight. Right? <laughs> so,
1: Are you like right when you go to click? Conveniently, the button moves because of an ad. Oh, how about that?
0: Yeah. Or the the play button, if you use certain <laughs> sites. Yeah. The play button is an ad. Would you uncancel it? No. Uncancelled. Oh hell no.
1: Um, I you would not un- un- I would not uncancel this this series unless it was completely reworked and there were new writers on it. I want to see um, women writing the series and I want to see um, a more uh, diverse representation of sexual assault um, in that I don't necessarily think, although I do know that sexual assault is is systemic in fraternities and sororities, I I do think that where predators are concerned, they target people for specific reasons. They target people that have uh, less support. They target people that don't have a lot of friends a lot of the times. They target people who are new. They target people, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's, there is a casual nature to it, but there's also there was something missing in that. And I I really felt like it was sexual assault uh, viewed through the lens of men. And so that's its biggest weakness. Now, if you wanted to rework this idea and kind of reboot it, I think it could work. Sure.
0: I'm just looking at uh, the creator of the show, Jennifer Katen Robinson. She made a rom-com, Someone Great, in 2019.
1: Wow, she did someone great. I um, I'll be completely transparent. I loved that movie. Hey. Gina Rodriguez, Brittany Stowe uh, Snow. Um, lots of people found out about Lizzo through that movie. That movie was a huge reason why Lizzo blew up. Um, that's yeah. a really good example of you know a, a a movie a with great dialogue, with great music that really feels. Uh, Like it has a genuine voice of a woman. Uh, Lizzo has been around for a long time, but even she will, will tell you that her career exploded because there's a pivotal scene in the movie after a breakup where she is with one of her girlfriends and um, like this, they turn on, or maybe she's by herself when she turns out on anyway, she turns on truth hurts and and she just, she's in her underwear. And it's just something that, that all women in that position have done at some point. And that is like rage sing a song right. as if, the, as if we are speaking to the person that did the thing that wounded us. And it was a great scene. I love Gina Rodriguez, love her. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's a little surprising that, gosh, they, you know, 2019, she did that. She created and produced the MTV show. Yeah. But it doesn't, it doesn't it look like, it looks like that was her very first credit, which I guess tracks, they, you know, they basically were like, okay, so we will let you do the show, but you can't direct it. And you're not going to get to write the first episode. So that's weird. Well,
0: she's listed as a writer on the, the final episode. I didn't mm-hmm. look at the the first one, I didn't see. Um
1: but I am I am glad like listed. obviously this gave her some kind of cred. You know what I mean? Obviously, yeah. she got some some accolades for this, uh and because she moved on to someone great, which as rom coms go, I enjoyed it. Um, however, there's probably a million other people that would tell you that movie is trash. But I, like I said earlier, there's plenty of really trashy, not so great things I love, including myself.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. She is listed as a Yeah, it's Jennifer Caton Robinson and Mm -hmm. Celeste Ballard that are and then there's Jared Frader that is listed on the the initial episode. And and the final episode is just Jennifer and Celeste. Mm-hmm. But the, it, I think what you're talking about, I think, is probably more to do with the staff writer that they have to then probably follow some sort of. Uh,
1: Absolutely. Formula. That really I mean, that yeah, tracks for all my complaints about this, because I didn't even look any deeper than the writers on the first and the last episodes. And I didn't really look at her as a creator, but she is, you know, going on to do much better things. Um And I mean, she's set she's slated to be on Thor. She's got an upcoming Netflix film, Strangers, which is. Camila Mendez and Maya Hawke, Ethan Hawke's daughter from Stranger Things, who's right. superb. And it's it. the wiki says it's described as a subverted Hitchcockian dark comedy featuring the scariest protagonists of all, teenage girls. So I would love to see um, the same or similar voice, teenage girls, in this new film and how it compares to Sweet Vicious. Look at the juxtaposition and see when she's maybe not she doesn't have that governor on her of these much older male writers kind of watering down her idea and, and adding cringy dialogue, how much better it is.
0: Yeah. I think, I think I would, uh, I think I would uncancel it. I, I would be in, like, I don't see why it couldn't be. It's, it's still relevant and yeah, it's a cheese ball thing, but I think given the time and everything that I would be interested to see how it, it would continue or maybe be rebooted. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to continue from what it was. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> you. <laughs> I don't despise it the way you despised it, but
1: I, well, it was- I didn't despise it. I'm just being critical of it.
0: Fair enough. I did not like it overly, but I, I would be interested to see how it would continue if they took more of the good parts and less of the cringe and stuff like that. And they did more of a, like I said, girl with the dragon tattoo with the right. character and,
1: and or animation. even a better sexual assault series on Netflix. Unbelievable. That was a superb series. Now, granted that was not in the same genre. Unbelievable was purely a drama, but, um, it's also about sexual assault and it's also with teens um, and it has a strongly driven cast of women in it you know so I guess maybe that's my problem is kind of looking at other things in the genre and just being like oh did we portray that the way that we should have maybe
0: could be I just thought it was kind of my biggest problem with it was the cheese of MTV of this mm-hmm, generation mm-hmm. that they, yeah. they do that run in the mill thing. And this was no different. And yeah. had a lot of, And this one actually had potential. Whereas it when did. I touched on on Teen Wolf, I was immediately rolling my eyes like, oh, yeah, ugh, that's a terrible idea. This was a good idea. Just I wouldn't say poorly executed in the way that it was complete trash it just missed the mark and Mm -hmm. they just maybe lost
1: in translation
0: yeah and they just took the typical mtv kind of stuff and they could Mm -hmm. have done so much more with it so yeah they agree i'd like to see it come back just based off the idea you know there's so much potential
1: Oh, if Netflix wanted to reboot it with uh, either the same characters or maybe the next generation of characters and put her on the helm of it and let her, you know, staff it, write it, have that, have the voice that it was missing in the first, I'd totally watch it. Hands down. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's 100 percent if they t- <laughs> So, yeah, uh, you are not uncanceling it. I am not particularly uncanceling this type of series. I guess we're both kind of in agreement. If they did some things, then...
1: We don't want it uncancelled. but we would be okay if it was rebooted.
0: <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's exactly the words right out of my mouth.
1: Put a fork in it. It's done. So again,
0: Wait a minute. Throw some hers and us in there. What's your hurry?